We often complain that life is not fair to us. But if we really think that way, then we must know a way to come out of it. Do you want to know how? Well, tune into this episode. Shani Nigam and you have tuned into my first step ever podcast. I realized life's too short to postpone your dreams and too long to live someone else's. So after failing thousand times, I'm finally on a journey to fulfill my dreams of impacting people's life through what I do the best, entertain and educate through podcasting, digital content creation and thought leadership. On this podcast, I uncover stories that help you see why you must do what you want in life, build conviction to follow them, and how to build systems to sustain them. And if you are an entrepreneur or a brand seeking exactly the same, then I'm up for a chat on my Instagram handle, which is at myfirststepever underscore in. But for now, if you want to achieve your goals and build never-failing systems, then what are you waiting for? Let's get started. Welcome on my first step ever. This is such an incredible episode where we have a really interesting personality all the way for the very first time on my first ever from Nigeria. And I'm so excited to be interviewing someone from a very different and very interesting part of the world and hearing that how she has really made her life of her own over there and what all challenges has she faced. So let's get started. Let me and please join me in welcoming Esther Etim all the way from Nigeria. Hi Esther. Hi Shani, how are you? I'm really glad to be here. And so are we. So happy to have you. Esther, let me introduce you to my to my listeners, to my audience today. So Esther helps young women in law and media to develop strong voices, solid careers and stable personal life. What an incredible cause. And she believes that if you never ask, the answer is always no. And I believe that so as well. She's seen what happens when people don't ask the right questions, ways or questions that they really need to be asking or they can or they should even ask questions, which is an important thing. And I really like the fact that your whole concept is based behind curiosity, asking questions, and being that voice that a person needs. I also like to tell my audience that she really encourages people who are tired of the status quo to ask questions and find answers that will encourage and inspire them to live and work as authentically and fully as possible. And that's so amazing. Because I think unless you find your own voice, be comfortable with who you are, it's very difficult to, you know, be happy, find that happiness in what you do. So I think you're doing a very, very noble job by doing that. And the very interesting fact about Esther is that she is the winner of Black Entertainment Film, Fashion, Television and Arts Award, the winner for Blog of the Year. Wow, that is something really incredible. And Let's start from here, Esther. I really would like to know that what was your background while you were growing up and where do you come from? Okay, so I'm originally from Nigeria. And when I was growing up, we read books, obviously, but I want to be a writer. Is not, it wasn't something that, it's not like anybody discouraged you, but either 
you're going to be a doctor or you're going to be a lawyer or you're going to be an engineer. And so I actually went to study law in the United Kingdom because I thought I wanted to become a lawyer. And then on the final, my final exam, so literally the final paper, my final year, my final paper, I woke up that morning and it just hit me that, well, I don't actually want to become a lawyer, which freaked me out because I thought, hang on, you spent all this money, you've done all these things, you know, you've got to this point, every, almost every um, extracurricular activity I had, because I was very active in student union and all the other stuff, apart from my academics, were all geared towards this, I want to become a lawyer, and then to get to this point and it hits you, it wasn't just, oh, you're scared, I knew it wasn't fear, it just was, this is not what I want to do, this is not what I think I should do, and that for me was really scary, because, you know, knowing what you don't want to do is different from not knowing what you want to do, right, these are two different things, and so, and they're not necessarily the same thing, and yet I was having to deal with these two things, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is, I am so screwed. I took the final exam because why not? Like, I can't just, I, can't, I couldn't not do it. And I graduated. And um, the time that I graduated from uni uh, for, my, for my first degree was in 2008. Well, 2008 was when a, a recession hit the UK, right? It was horrible. So my classmates, some of them who had law jobs, straight out of uni and all that, they suddenly didn't have these jobs anymore because either those law departments and those law firms were closing because they just didn't have the business or the entire law firms were closing. So everybody was in this state of, oh my gosh, I don't know what the hell I'm doing with my life. Da, 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 da. And so I hung around in the UK for a while and then I ended up in this small medical legal firm, which was just outside of London. And so one of the things that they did was that they managed, uh, managed psychiatrists. And what that means, so basically in the UK, if you commit a crime and then you get sent to court and all that, they will look at your mental state of, you know, the state of mind at a time that you committed a crime. So it's not just like, hey, we caught this person doing that. That can be true. They kind of, you know, it's possible that they've caught you in the act, but then your mental, you know, the state of mind is like, okay, so is this person responsible? They know what they were doing. Sometimes somebody's mental state means that they're not criminally responsible. And so what they would do instead of sending such a person off to prison or to a maximum security prison is that they will send you to a minimum security prison or they'll put you on a, on a psychiatric ward. And sometimes some people on psychiatric wards or in the prison, the minimum minimum prison, they would say, oh, um, I'm now cured. So after a while, they'd be like, oh, I'm now cured and I don't want to stay on the mental ward forever. And of course, just because you say you're now cured, the government is not going to be like, oh, we agree with you. Here's the, like, go on. And so what they would do is that they would hire a, um, they would, the, the person who wants to get out of the mental ward or out of the prison will hire a solicitor who would then hire a psychiatrist to come and uh, talk to them and write a report and to say, yes, this person cannot be released and all that. And so our job was to manage the psychiatrist's practice. So uh, when we, we would receive the request from a solicitor, 
and then we would um, talk to the psychiatrist, do you want to do this? Yes, we call up the prison, you know, the mental health ward, arrange for where the interview is going to take place, tell the psychiatrist, yes, we've yeah. got this interview, and so on. So they go see them. They go, then we tell the solicitor, this has been done. Um, then we will, the psychiatrist will send us the report, and we will proofread it, send it to the solicitor, and then send a... An, invoice and when that's paid and blah 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 and so i rem that was one of my duties as a, an administrative assistant at this medical legal firm and i remember that i looked at this particular i saw the name of the psychiatrist i knew it was a new one i saw some of the words and i thought mm, i don't like i don't really like the way these words are so i i changed some of the words so i went beyond proofreading to actually editing i, I left the medical stuff alone because i didn't you know, I didn't know those. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's older than me. I know how some Nigerians get. Oh my gosh, please don't let him be offended at me because it's going to be like, who the hell is this person, right? And I didn't get any ne negative feedback from that. So I thought, okay, I'm not getting fired. That's fine. Now, um, around that time, now, I, I, I had always written, right? Uh, right from when I was six years old, wherever. I'd always written, but that thought of, oh, go and write a book and all that wasn't really something that I had considered until I moved to the UK. And then, but then I had had so many rejections that I just thought, oh, this is not going to happen. But then I then ran into somebody who I thought was my friend, who, long story short, she was not. And she basically ended up, this was my carelessness, right? She basically ended up stealing five different pieces of my writing. And as she moved to the US, attended the New York Film Academy, and then she moved to, to study producing and directing. And her plan was to produce and direct my material without telling me. And she knew I could write because I had shared that with her. She'd seen some of my stuff, and then she now moved back to Nigeria. And so around this time when I was working in the medical legal firm, she contacts me suddenly, and then she says, hey, I want you to sign over the rights of all your work to me like to her and I was like I don't I don't understand what you're on about like how much are you paid and she said I'm not going to pay you and if you don't do it I'm going to use it anyway I was just devastated I'm really so sorry to know that this entire situation yeah. happened with you and um, yeah I mean this is a very very troublesome thing yeah. and uh, has happened with two people I have come across as well and I'm sure it has been very difficult for you so from here on, as yeah. you're just telling me that you did reach out to one of your friends when everything was like going south for you. Um, there were, mm. I, I'm sure you, you learned a lot of lessons on the way. Yeah. But from here, how was, if you can tell us, yeah, yeah how, how was your, how did you think of, you know, starting your own business, which is the Fearless Storyteller House Emporium? I mean, this is such a great thing from this situation to, you know, coming to this particular situation. Mm. We'd really love to hear, like, if you can share with our listeners the top three, you know, challenges that you face and how did you overcome? My friend got back my, my work and then 18 months after that, the, the psychiatrist that I had worked for and I didn't know him, and I didn't know he had a publishing company, published my first book. And he said, I noticed you because of how good your work was. And then, you know, and then I think it was a, a couple of years after that, I moved to Nigeria. And I noticed that obviously because, you know, when you've got a book out, there are people yeah. who 
have seen it as proof of what you can do. And so they wanted the same thing. And I started to ghostwrite for them. And so obviously like ghostwriting is, um, the end of a ghostwriting contract is the manuscript, which is not a book. And people would go, well, you know, you've now left me in the lurch, like help me. And so I said, I think, okay, what's the big deal? Let me find out what it will take. And so um, I registered a company. It, it was a very long process because there, there were just all these things that were beyond my control where I went, okay, yeah. I'm not going to die. We're going to do this thing one day at a time. It's going to happen. And so even there were times when I got, got involved with people that gave me really horrible advice, but I thought, okay, hang on. This has been done before because when I was younger, we had, there were, there were publishing companies in Nigeria, right? So I was like, well, if there were publishing companies, surely, uh, yeah. And, and so it was just literally asking questions. Um, if I don't get the answer that I think I require, yeah. and this is not just about saying, oh, if I don't, if I don't, like, if I hear no, that means it's the wrong answer. Sometimes you hear no, but it's because you've asked the wrong question. And I found that out when I wanted to get ISBNs, right? ISBNs are these, um, there are these numbers that books have to have if yeah. they're going to be taken seriously by libraries and bookstores, right? And yeah. um, there was this time when I heard you can only get one ISBN per application in Nigeria. And I was like, that wasn't, that sounds stupid because I, I know there was, there was this publisher, um, huge academic publisher of many books that I'd read when I was younger. And I said, hang on, I find it very difficult to believe that they, they only got this with one application per ISBN. This is very stupid. And I remember I was, um, I was in Lagos at the time, and I remember thinking, why do I keep getting this answer? And it was like a voice. I, there was nobody else at home. It was like a voice inside me. I just heard, because you keep asking the wrong question. And I said, well, what is the right question? What do I need to be saying? And I don't remember what it was now, but that, that, the question I had when I said, what do I need to be asking? That was the question I asked. And they went, oh, yeah, you can have a whole block of ISBNs. And I was like, I swear, this is what I've been asking you for for like the past three months. You guys are being ridiculous. So <laughs> it was, um, it's, it's literally, sometimes you have to know the right question to ask. And sometimes they know what you want, but because you haven't said it, the way you know whether it's the case with my friend who got back my work because I, I started off with telling him a story that he wasn't very interested in he was like that is not a, that is not a problem until I said certain things and he was like oh okay I get to I'm gonna deal with it same way with the ISBN right and so then did some marketing even then I had to learn what marketing really was right. it's been it's just been a, a, it's been an ongoing process because you know some when you think you know something then you'll find something else and then you so for me I've had to even get to that point of like you will never know everything that's fine that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you uh, some things you don't know is because you've not been in a position to know them you don't have any reason to you, you didn't study in school you haven't had any experience any direct experience of it so you, there's not really any reason for you to know and so right. just uh, yeah. Firstly, thank you so much. I think I see so much honesty and the, the, the candid way that you're sharing your story, the genuine, the, the authenticity that I see in your story and the way that you are explaining. I feel so interested and engrossed. Like, you know, you've come a really long way, you know, uh, from 
taking the decision to study law in UK and then realizing on the very day of exam that this is not what you want to do. And it's very scary to actually, you know, start practicing. Yeah, and then coming across, you know, that your such a valuable work is sort of stolen and, and, and your whole journey to kind of, you know, reclaim everything or at least... Um, you know, saying to yourself, because a lot of people do go through this, a lot of artists go through this. Uh, being in media, it is a, it's a, I, I, I mean, it's not a very nice thing to say, but this does happen a lot often in, in the, you know, in, oh. in world out there. So I really thank you so much for sharing this entire situation, your uh, story with us, um, Esther. Going from there, how you mentioned that, you know, uh, you were think you got this voice, but you're not asking the right questions. And very true, as you mentioned, that not all of us are equipped with all sorts of, you know, knowledge or the means to have the knowledge to start our own, um, you know, venture or do the job that we want to do. Often we have to struggle a lot and learn from our own failures. So that's, that's really interesting. And I'm so happy to see that now after all that process and that you've really asked the question to yourself, now you have set up your own company. And really nice to hear the steps that you had taken. Now people know that it's a real struggle to get to the first step. So Esther, just, uh, I would like to just ask another question to you. And I think this is something that you would be really, I think a very ex an expert to over this. How do you see yourself building, building a credible brand, a personal brand, because I think uh, you have seen so much and now that you are running your own company and you're the, you help the young ladies to be their own voice. So how do you recommend them to build their own personal brand and take themselves so seriously, not themselves, but their work seriously? So um, there's, there's four things I would say when you're building, you know, you want to build a personal brand that will get you taken seriously, but you, um, you don't want to lose your mind and you don't want to lose yourself. So the first thing is decide where you are now, how you want to be perceived, right? Or how you want to be described. Because if you don't define that for yourself, then somebody else is going to define that for you. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter whether it is, I want to own a small company or, you know, that's fine. Or I want to own a big company, even if people are laughing at you, that is fine as well. So you do have to, first of all, you know, decide. And obviously, you know, you, you choose who you want to serve. That's very important because, um, like, having to define my own personal brand, I law and media, I could have said every woman, which you know, might sound good to some people, but I don't know, I don't know anything about women in medicine or women in tech or, you know, so decide how it is that you want to be defined and how you, what it is that you want to decide for where you are right now. If someone had told me this um, and I had taken it on board when I was much younger, it would have saved me a lot of stress, a lot of tears, and that is learn to recognize people, things, and situations for what they are not what your ego or emotion would prefer, and then treat them accordingly. So in the story that I told earlier, if I had recognized from the get-go, this girl is not your friend, there's no way I would have been in that position. The third thing I would say is don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, seriously, you know, I feel like a lot of the time people think 
oh, if, if this person knows I don't know everything about this, then, you know, they're not going to take me seriously. Or yeah. But think about the fact that there's nobody that comes into this world knowing absolutely everything about anything. Like, that person just does not exist. And like I said before, sometimes you don't know something because you don't have any reason to know it up until that point. I mean, um, if I told you, here's a manuscript, go and publish it within six months. You probably don't know what to do. It's not because you're stupid. It's because you you just not had any experience. You don't know what to do. So that's the third thing I would say. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Yes, there are people who are going to say, oh, um, how could you not know this? And they might make fun of you. But please, they're not, they're not that important. And I feel like it's better to say, I don't know this thing especially if it's something you can't research on the spot. Yes. It's better to say, I don't know this thing, than for you to lead somebody to believe you know, and then you get into really huge trouble with the police or a customer or, or you know. And meanwhile, if you had just said, I don't know, they might have given you space and grace to learn and might have given you more um, information. So don't be afraid to learn the third thing. The fourth and the final thing when you're building a personal brand that will get you taken seriously but you don't lose yourself or your mind is do not copy anyone such amazing amazing uh, tips i would say and uh, my personal favorite being be authentic as you said because no one can be better than who you are and i really like the energy and the passion the warmth with which you speak Esther it just shows that you have really been through different experiences and that has made you the solid woman that you are today and I'm so happy that you are actually taking this up to impact a life of other women so thank you so much Esther for giving us those amazing four tips just set out a goal recognize people for what they are and don't be afraid to ask a question and be authentic such amazing tips i would say to just start building your personal brand thank you esther for being on my first step ever i was so engrossed in your story and really congratulations and kudos to you you know the situations that you have faced is very very difficult and i'm happy that you have emerged strong and you are here to share your story and to help other people not fall in the same same trap so thank you so much. And before you take your leave, uh, Esther, I always request my guest speakers to leave our listeners with a quote or a saying that you really resonate with. That would be learn how to recognize people, things, and situations for what they are, not what your ego or emotion would prefer, and then treat them accordingly. And anyone who needs to get in touch with me can do so, including for if they want me to coach them, if they are in law or media or they're trying to be in law or media can go to estheretching.org forward slash links and they'll see um they'll see a list of everything that they need to know on that page so the forward slash links is really important so that's e for esther s for sarah t for tango h for hotel e for echo r for romeo another e for echo t for tango i for india m for mother dot org forward slash links you heard it from Esther. If you're interested to get in touch with her and learn more about her, I will leave the, those links in the description and you shall really be interested to know more about what she's doing. You can always connect with her on LinkedIn. So thank you so much, Esther, for being on my first step ever. Hi, my friends. If you have reached thus far today, firstly, thank you so much. 
It really means that you have learned something out of today's episode and you have enjoyed. So why don't you share it with me and let me know that what is that you have learned and what would you like to listen more in the upcoming episodes. I love to build a relationship with my viewers and audiences and know what really is that helping them. So you can follow me on my Instagram handle which is at my first step ever underscore in and subscribe to my YouTube channel for weekly video updates. And yes, if you like what I do over here, follow my first step ever on Google, Apple or Spotify and please drop your rating my show and comment well this can be a way you can help me achieve my dreams to reach out to millions who need to hear this as i help you in your journey in taking the first step ever until next time start believing in yourself and most importantly keep believing in yourself <laughs>